Relating to Self. A podcast that helps you create a better relationship with yourself. Hey, I'm Joachim. Welcome. Do you realize that there is only one relationship that you will always be in? The relationship with yourself. Improving that relationship changes everything. On this podcast, I share my thoughts and I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I speak with Aya, who tries to embody and listen deeply to all her different parts. Enjoy. Hey, Aya, it's wonderful to have you here. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You are a holistic healer, a yoga and meditation teacher, and also you call yourself a traveler on the path with heart. I think that's so beautiful. And we've been introduced by our mutual friend, Leah, who was on the podcast previously. And so I'm super excited to dive into the concept of relating to self with you. Likewise. Mm. So the place where I start is very simple, really. Um, this podcast is called Relating to Self, and it's all about helping people to create better relationship with themselves. And my first question to you would be this idea of relating to self. What mm -hmm. comes up for you when you hear that? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. When I heard, heard the name of the podcast, I was pondering that a little bit. I think that there's, I almost think of two definitions of, of self. Uh, one is maybe much more of the spiritual high level, I think comes from a lot of my teachers. I think of that as the capital S self, which I think as, you know, I would define as my soul, my truest essence, me way beyond my mind. I think of that as, you know, very connected to the deepest places of love, very connected to the, you know, highest places of light. And so I think a lot of my journey is connecting to that capital S self. But then I also think of maybe the lower, lowercase self as this, uh, you know, embodiment of all the different parts and pieces. I think, you know, I think my soul came here for a ride, right? In this body, with this mind, with this heart. So I also think of the self as that kind of embodied piece, right? including, you know, my body, what's my relationship to my body, including my heart, what's my relationship to my heart, including my mind, the beautiful places of the mind, the more challenging places of the mind, and then how the kind of essence of my soul fits in amongst all of that too. So yeah, I think of it as those maybe two parts, what I'd maybe say lowercase self, higher case. Mm. Self. Great. What about the relating part? <laughs> Like, how, how do you relate to those? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah. Um, for me, it is a place of deep listening to all parts. Uh, and doing my best to not shove away, to force away, to avoid, you know, especially some of the more challenging parts that can come up, I think through the body, through the mind, through the heart, right? Our pain points. So for me, that relating is 
a deep listening um, and trying to bring as much compassion as possible to myself. And then this like curiosity, like seeking to understand both of those, you know, I think a, a lot of my spiritual journey was, you know, just going like, up, up, like, let me see higher and higher and higher. And really like a lot of that, let me understand as much as I can about that capital S self, you know, my, my soul, uh, the realm beyond, I, I often use with my clients and students, uh, um, uh, an analogy from Kabbalah, the area of Jewish mysticism, which is that, um, what we perceive with our five senses is 1% of reality and that the other 99% of reality lies on the other side of the veil. So I think, you know, relating to that capital S self is kind of all the different practices to pierce through the veil. And then a lot of deep listening and compassion and curiosity around also this embodiment piece, you know, learning to better know and understand my body, my heart, my mind, Mm, I I love that you're using these words, deep listening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, for a bit of background, I'm originally yeah. a musician. So yes. I've always believed that the most important skill for a musician is actually the ability to listen. Yeah. And so I, I think of listening as one of my superpowers. Mm, I love that. So I, I really like that you point out, like, relating for me mostly is about deep listening. But yeah. then you say deep listening to all parts. Mm-hmm. And that's something you mentioned before, actually, the, in the, in the lowercase self, you say it's like mm-hmm. the embodiment of all the different parts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about those parts. Could you, could you tell us a bit more about like, what are the parts of Aya? What, what is there? Uh, you mean like the, the body, the mind, the heart, the spirit, those kind of four components are getting a little deeper into any of those areas. Yeah, well, it could be that for you, right? Um, what I've noticed before on the podcast is that a lot of people, mm-hmm. me included actually, look at themselves as a collection of, I would call them also voices, like things we have mm. learned in the past that then come back mm. to us. Like, you know, you should be careful about that or don't do that or you're supposed to do this. Like, shouldn't you be working right now? All these kind of like little voices inside of our head. And this is, yeah, this is quite close to the, uh, internal family systems kind of like paradigm. Yeah. So whenever I hear people say like, you know, all the different parts of myself, I'm curious about what parts you have identified. And if for you, that means the heart, the mind, um, the essence, and there was one more, I think I already forgot. The body. The body, of course. Yeah. The body. Yeah. Wonderful. Big one. <laughs> Big one. Big one. So <laughs> if, if those are the parts, then I would love to understand how you deeply listen to each of those mm-hmm. parts individually. Okay. If you could like Beautiful. take us through that. Yeah, because I think awesome. that's, that's, you know, I think to that end of, you know, all the different voices and stuff, I certainly have, you know, all the different voices ahead. I try my best in, you know, to discern what is the actual voice of wisdom of the mind versus that little chatter that probably does come from past conditioning or, you know, all of that type of stuff, right? Um, but I try not to actually identify. So I, I listen to those pieces, but try my best to like take some space from that. Mm. <laughs> so that may be, you know, in terms of, of that deep listening and relating to my mind is learning to, you know, I have had a daily meditation practice for I mean, it's almost seven years now, uh, 
no matter where I've been in the world, no matter what's happening, even if it's just a few minutes in the morning, if that's all I've got. But for me, it's so important to take that space and really ground, you know, that's my point of connection every day to all those different parts, right? It's the part to ground into my body, to clarify the mind, to connect to my heart, um, to connect to my spirit, my soul, that higher energy. Um, so yeah, through the mind, I think it's, it's, you know, trying my best to have a lot of discernment around what's going on in my mind. Um, and noticing when some of the voices that are very laden with fear or anxiety or worry or stress or any of that type of stuff to do the best I can to actually tap into my body, tap into my heart to ground and not get so caught up and swept up by letting those thoughts lead. But to say, I see you, I hear you, right? Hold them with compassion. Um, you know, and I've done a lot of healing work from therapy, a lot of self-inquiry work, right? To start to get to the roots of like, what are the roots of some of those voices, right? And I think when you understand the roots of some of those more challenging parts of the mind, it makes it a lot easier to hold compassion for them and take some space from them. So that I think will be relating to, to my mind. Uh, I'm trying to think what to come next. My heart is very much, you know, even my meditation practice, I actually spent a lot of the meditation practice with my awareness dropped into my actual chest space, like into my heart. Um, and, you know, that's a practice I learned many years ago that I just try to do as much as I can, right? To drop away from the mind and into the heart space and into the body and listen to that place. And I find that that helps me get some good, healthy perspective. Um, but the heart space, I think, is just, you know, a lot of compassion and tenderness with myself mm. and listening to what my heart really needs, listening to the parts of my heart that, you know, maybe a little shaky on the surface level, listening to the parts of my heart real deep, deep, deep inside that are very still and steady, no matter what, what goes down. My body, you know, in, in the beginning of my spiritual journey through my 20s like I said I think a lot of it was like up and out and I think a lot of people who are interested in spirituality tend to like want to take that path of like up and out like let me go higher 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 and you know I had a lot of experiences which is what led me to my yoga teacher training I had no desire to teach yoga I just knew that I needed to ground in my body and do an intensive grounding in my physical body and connect because so I was starting to find that the places I was accessing were almost too much for my body um I had a someone that I met years and years ago before I was even interested in the realm of energy healing say that you know he knew a lot of healers who ended up physically ill because they have such a strong current running through a weak wire and the importance of really strengthening the body. And I found so much, you know, especially this last year through the pandemic, just so much healing by being really embodied through doing a lot of somatic work, through doing a lot of movement, you know, really caring for my body in that way, really learning to listen to what my body's been holding. I believe, you know, this, our bodies, I'm just fascinated by them and how they're such a storehouse for our memories and our feelings and our thoughts. Like it's all interconnected. And I feel like the body's kind of the map that 
holds it. So a lot of the last maybe, you know, five years of my journey has been a lot of deep grounding in the body and listening to the body in that way and kind of going in, you know, through the body. A lot of what I guide my clients through is this kind of psychedelic trip through the body just by attuning to sensations, you know, we're able to access so much from that place when we listen to the body in that way. And for many different reasons, you know, certainly challenging things I've had to go through in the past for many different people, we can learn to check out of the body. Like it's safer sometimes to check out of the body, right? And that disassociation begins. And so, yeah, I think a lot of the listening to the body is just being in the body, being present with what I feel, my sensations, you know, where I'm sitting, being present where I am, is that listening to the body piece. Beautiful. And then the last part, the soul. I mean, that's a that's a lot of meditation, my different spiritual practices, you know, uh, time with my spiritual teacher, just reminding myself that, uh, you know, as my healing teacher said, you know, when we kind of access those higher places of spiritual understanding, we, we get that we're not uh, a human being having these spiritual experiences. Or a spiritual being having this human experience. So I try to like have that healthy perspective a lot too. We can sometimes get really wrapped up in the world. And so I think that deep listening to my soul is like seeing things from a much higher level. Mm. Thank you for talking us through that. You're welcome. Something you said earlier also struck me and I'm curious mm -hmm. about it. When you mentioned that, you know, the relating to the parts of yourself was this deep listening practice. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned compassion mm -hmm. and then a certain curiosity as in seeking to understand. Mm -hmm. And that strikes me because, well, from a personal perspective, I feel that that's something I've been doing for a very long time in the past, this seeking yeah. to understand. Yeah. And at some point... I kind of gave up on that. I'm like, yes. right now I'm like, you know, it's very clear that no matter what I try, I am not going to understand what is actually there. going yeah. on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm really curious what that process looks like for you. Where are you in that journey of like, yeah. you know, trying to understand yeah. what you are, who you are, what the world is, you know, your place in it, all these things. Um, what does yeah. that look like for you? Yeah. You know, is that my my teacher's uh, ashram in India, and I met this this guy who was there for he had been there for six months. He said he came for a few weeks, extended, extended, extended. Went wow, six months here in this like spiritual home. I said you must know and have learned so much. And he said, you know, the longer I spend here, the more I adopt the mantra. I don't know. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> And I really, and I can say that certainly from like the deeper I go on the spiritual journey, the more there is, <laughs> like, because the mind is so, you know, especially like when I think spiritually, the, the, the mind is such a limited instrument. It's never going to be able to fully understand all of those things. You know, I think of the essence of the soul of like the ocean and the mind is like a cup. Like you're never going to fit the whole ocean in a cup. You never can. Right. And so uh, yeah, I think that, you know, certainly over the past few years, I've come to that place a little bit more of like, 
there's a lot that we're never going to know. And I think that that needing to know is actually like one of one of certainly from my childhood, like one of the conditionings, right? As a safety, as a protection, wanting to know all the time, needing to know, you know, there's a safety in that. It's really scary, can be to not know, to be in this, you know, I've, I've joked a lot. My journey over the last few years has very much been a lot of learning to be in like liminal spaces, to be in, you know, like the notion of from Tibetan Buddhism of the Bardo, like that in-between place where you can't really know. And that I think is like the place of surrender. Uh, and there's a lot of beauty in that place. There's a lot of creativity in that place. There's, you know, a lot more openness when we go beyond the spaces of like needing to know. Uh, I find there's a lot more freedom there, but it's tough. You know, like I said, my whole life has always been about needing to know. I've always been so passionately curious. I mean, even my mom told me like the type of questions I was asking at like three or four years old were all, you know, I think it's just always been so much of my nature to want to know and to understand and that curiosity will always be there for me, but I'm having a lot more peace with the fact that there's going to be a lot that I won't ever fully understand that my mind won't fully understand. And I think for me, that's the practices of tapping into the heart and tapping into, you know, my soul is, is like a deeper knowing beyond words, beyond the mind, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think we, we approach these things from, from a different perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, I think for me, there's also a big difference between the kind of wanting to know that is about curiosity mm -hmm. about the world mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I still feel is very rewarding. Like, you know, yes. reading about something that you know nothing about and then absorbing yeah. that knowledge and going, totally. wow, this is awesome. Like, what did I know yeah. about mycelial networks? Like yeah. nothing. That's like incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then there's this whole different realm of like trying to understand, you know, how how we function as human beings, yeah. trying to understand why we experience certain emotions or why we yeah. have certain desires. And I've, I feel that getting comfortable with the not knowing of those things has improved yeah. my life so much. Mm. Just being able to surrender to that, like, yes, this is what I'm feeling now. And that's true. Yeah. And I'm going to just yeah. allow that feeling to happen and I'm going to own it. You know, I'm not going to yeah. hide it. I'm, I'm going to yeah. express it and that's it. And I don't know why that feeling is there maybe, but that's mm, okay. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I think that I do still a lot in, in that context. I think for me, there's, there's a lot of uh, inquiry as to like, what's the root, like what's the root of what's coming mm -hmm. up. And I think that's a lot of the work I'm doing lately too, is especially if we get upset about something in the moment, usually it's not fully what happens in the moment I've been learning this, do you know Gabor Mate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this is a lot of his teachings, right? You know, like what is coming up in the moment for us is usually not only the moment, it's usually the unhealed past yeah. that's coming up and flaring up. So I think I for me, a lot never, of that. <laughs> never never yeah. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that recently, something happened. I was like, am I mad about this or am I really mad? And I was like, oh, for sure. It's like really about this thing in the past. There's nothing really to do with what's happening right now. This is just that little trigger. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm maybe not quite there of that place of acceptance of the different thoughts and feelings and stuff. There's a lot of still that curiosity. I think like, what's the, what's the root of it? And I think for me, that's a lot of the, the like healing space too. 
there's a, a Rupi Kaur poem that I love, which is, you know, to heal, you have to get, I'm going to paraphrase here, but to heal, you have to get all the way down to the root and kiss it all the way up. Oh, right. And beautiful. I'm, I'm really, yeah, I really see that a lot with clients. It's like, until we know the roots of some of this stuff, it's hard to fully heal it. I certainly found that in my own journey too. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of my current curiosity around this, the self is like, what's the roots of a lot of this mm. stuff? Yeah, I think I agree. I think for me, what makes still a difference is this idea of you want to go find the roots, but it's yeah. also not something that is a very active or like you can't force your way into that. That's what I mean. Yeah. You, you know that you yes. have to sit with that and then let yes. it happen, let it unfold. Yeah. Uh, because my, my previous practices were more like, you know, I got to find why this is happening. And then you yeah. start thinking about it, but the yeah. thinking about it doesn't bring you anywhere. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And that to me is the embodiment piece and the heart piece, right? It's like, you're right. Like thinking about it can just so many loops in the mind can speed us nowhere fast. And a lot more pain, right? Yeah. Yeah, But for me, you know, it's, it's a lot of like, okay, so if I do have like a thought pattern come up, you know, that feels a bit more painful or a more difficult emotion, like that's a time where it's like, okay, let's ground into the body. What am I feeling in my body in this moment? I'm learning to sit with the uncomfortable. You know, that's so much of the work that I do with my clients is just holding that space for them and, and, you know, learning to help them experience it's possible to sit with the uncomfortable and especially with our emotions. That's the only way through. We can't go over or around or under them. You got to go through with them and you got to be in the discomfort a little bit. And we try so hard to escape that. And that's where we're running from ourselves. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I yeah. Think it's wonderful. Hey, I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious because talking to you yeah it sounds as if you really own your practices like it's it's very clear to me that you know you you know what's going on you know where you're going you know what to do it's like there isn't much left that kind of like mystifies you so i'm curious about (laughs) at least okay well let's go there so I'm, i'm really curious about is there anything that still feels particularly difficult for you in relating to yourself Great question. Uh, I think that one of my, you know, current challenges is still sometimes really getting caught up in the identification of maybe my lowercase self. And I find that the greatest places of peace and of flow and of ease and of love for me are when I'm much more connected to that, like higher case self. Uh, And I get it conceptually, like I understand conceptually that spiritual connection point practice. I get all the theories in the mind, right? But sometimes it gets real challenging. You know, the other day I had like a lot of anxiety around something and you can feel just like, you know, it's like on one hand, I know that that's not me. I say that with the quote, you know, like the highest places of me, but it's something that in that moment I feel quite snagged in, 
It's real, right? Yeah. And there can be that dissonance of, you know, sometimes the challenge of like, oh, well, I, I know, and I've got the tools and I've got the practices like to, to kind of get out of that. But in that moment I'm, I'm in it, you know, and I have to have a lot of compassion for myself, but like, I am still human, <laughs> you know, I am not an enlightened being by any means, right? I'm still figuring this stuff out. So, uh, yeah, you know, I have a lot. I certainly, I still, I, I go through many difficult moments. You know, I have a lot of clients who are like, oh, but you don't get mad. Or, you, you know, it's funny what people project onto me. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, in this space, I'm here to hold the space of, you know, healing for you. It's not about me, right? But I'm still very human and I still go through very human things. Right. Um, and I think that's great. I mean, that's in my mind, that's necessary. Yeah. I think otherwise we wouldn't be able to relate. We wouldn't be able yeah. to be compassionate if we we're on the same, we're on the same mind train. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And so I always find that too. And so often, you know, it's funny the way the universe or whatever works. Right. But so often I'll go through something really challenging myself. And then, you know, right after I start to have a few clients come in with something very similar. And I feel like I've gone through this like path of training through the fire of like walking through it myself, uh, to be able to help guide people through similar spaces. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Hmm. What do you feel about the idea of like a self-love practice because so far we've been talking mm -hmm. about relating to self and mm -hmm. that's definitely my preferred concept because mm -hmm. I feel self-love sometimes feels a bit oppressive in a sense that we mm. can't always love ourselves and then we mm. we get like in this space where maybe we're, we're angry at ourselves for not being able to love ourselves right now and for, mm. for me relating to self is beautiful because it always happens especially when I don't love myself I am still mm. relating to myself, right? Mm. But then thinking about self-love as a as a concept, as something to practice, mm -hmm. do you have any any kind of practices or uh, things you do regularly for that? Yeah, I mean, it's even interesting hearing you say that because to to me, I think the truest. I don't think self-love is liking yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And being like, oh, good for you. And, you know, all of that. The, the the good right for me i think of the truest acts of self-love is learning to really embrace yourself in the difficult uncomfortable painful parts right in the same way that you know i think of uh you know if a if a parent had a child and the child was throwing a tantrum like you may not like the child in that moment <laughs> but it doesn't take away from the fact you still deeply like love that child right so for me you know I think a self when I think of a self-love practice I think of like learning to hold a lot of compassion for yourself especially the more difficult part it's easy when it's like yeah you know to be super superficial, like I'm having a great hair day. I love my hair or whatever it is like, right. Like that type of thing. Or, you know, Oh, I volunteered today. I feel so great about a like, good job for that. Right. Like that's beautiful to embrace those parts. But I think the real self love shows up by your ability to love yourself when like your shit is coming out and to love yourself when you don't feel like you like yourself. And to me, I think that's just, you know, seeing yourself, 
like even in the pain, really holding yourself by seeing yourself. You know, a lot of the work that I do with clients, it's, uh, you know, sometimes they'll have childhood stuff come up or, you know, inner childhood, you know, and across the board, what's so fascinating is when I ask, you know, what do you want to do for that inner child piece? For so many of them, it's like, just give them a hug. (laughs) It's not that I want to like preach the gospel to them and tell them how it's all going to, like the first thing when people get into those deep, deep spaces in themselves, the first thing they want to do is just an embrace and just a show of love in that way. And that's what I think of self-love is, is just learning to like hold yourself, to embrace yourself. And to hold that sense of compassion for yourself. So I think it shows up in the, in the difficult parts. I fully agree. I think that's beautiful. Now that we have reframed that concept. Yeah. Do you have a specific self-love practice? Um, I think all the things that I do to take care of myself is how it shows up, you know, carving out that space for meditation, carving out space for movement, uh, you know, fueling my body in a compassionate way, knowing when I need to call a friend or family member and show, mm. you know, I think it's, for me, the self-love just shows up in like that listening to myself and going, what do I need? What do I really need in this moment? You know, do I need to lay down? And do I need to take a few breaths? Like what, what, what do I need? So I think it shows up in so many, yeah, different ways. And it's just, you know, for me about the ways that I show up to, to care for myself, which are all the ways that I show up to be present for myself. Yeah. I have a a small anecdote about that actually, but Mm -hmm. it happened to me this morning, which is kind of funny. Um, I have a consistent meditation practice as well. So normally every day, the first thing I do is sit down to meditate. But then this morning I was, I was in bed and I was kind of in that space between waking and sleeping, you know, I wasn't entirely awake yet, but I was already not sleeping anymore. And I kind of felt into my body and my body felt different. I'm just Mm. just going to give that some space, you know, and just like Mm. tune into my body. And then I did that for a while. I got up. And as soon as I came to the place where I normally meditate, I felt like, wait, this is not what my body needs right now. And I allowed myself just a, a moment, just like stand there and go like, wait, like, what is it that I want? What is it that my body tells me? Yes. And then I felt called to just like go for a long walk instead. Yes. And I just did that. And it's really interesting because there's a part of me that, that kind of rebels against that. That is like, yeah. wait, but you are a person who meditates every day. Mm-hmm. That's important. You should keep yeah. this practice up. You know, you can't just yes. run out on your meditation practice. But then yes. I was like, no, I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be yeah. true to what's happening in my body. I need a walk. And yeah. that's what I did. And that felt I love awesome. that. I love that. And that's the presence with yourself, not being like, well, this is my routine. And this is the story of what I should yes. do and what I have to be doing. And because then you're from a place of the mind. So I love that you did that and embrace that, right? So yeah. that's the self-love showing up in the, in the presence piece. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, back to you, though. 
you mentioned a couple of times that movement was also important to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about which kind of movements you engage in, yoga being the obvious one, because you mentioned that mm -hmm. and you're a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm wondering if there's any other kinds of movement that you practice often to mm -hmm. get that connection with your body or to go to those places where you can deeply listen to yourself. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, one of my saviors through the pandemic has been the class. I've been preaching the gospel of the class to so many people. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. It's, it's difficult to explain. It's kind of, I've, I've heard once it's called like, like spiritual aerobics, but it's a mix of, of like calisthenics and high intensity impact training, but led in a very mindful way. It's like a high intensity workout led in the way that a yoga class would be led. Wow. That's, that's a mind blowing concept. Yeah. <laughs> I am obsessed. And it's truly, uh, and it's one of those things, you know, one, one of my things if, with relating to myself is that I tend to be very stubborn and not see the things that are for me. I'll say like, no, 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 no. You know, have it come up and I push it away, I push it away. And then eventually I open up to it. And this is something that was recommended to me by different people for so many years. Every time I go, it was, uh, founded in, and started in New York. And so every time I go, people go, oh, you have to go to the class. I was like, no, 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 no. And then through the pandemic, like they have it all virtual now. And it's been so amazing for me just to, I found much more of a need through this to have a more vigorous physical practice and to really clear for me, it, it's something that is like deeply energetic that I'm cleansing by that vigorous movement practice. Um, And it allows me to clear out some of those more intense feelings and emotions from my body to literally sweat it out, shake it out, like really get it out. And, and then there's such a deeper access point to presence with, within myself. You know, the first two weeks that I took it, I think I cried every, <laughs> it was like, it's deeply cathartic. So that's it. You know, having a more intense movement practice through this has really been so helpful and really helped me redefine my relationship with my body and, and, you know, the connection to it. Uh, and I feel so much stronger, not just physically, but I think when we are, feel strong physically, it helps with feeling stronger emotionally and mentally too. Uh, so that's been a big thing for almost a year now. Um, and I've actually found, you know, I still teach it with clients the the yoga that I teach now is mostly just one-on-one -on -one with clients that I work with um that are in recovery from eating disorders so it's a beautiful way to connect with their body but I find myself doing a little less of you know my own yoga practice lately and a little more vigorous and you know that's been something interesting of something that was my own refuge for so long but then it becomes your work it's like an interesting thing to navigate so I'll still do it on occasion, but I find myself much more called to something a little more vigorous in, in this period of time, for sure. Um, and then for me, you know, just time outside, taking walks. I feel very lucky to have a beautiful little dog, but I'm like, you know, to, to get out every day and take a walk and, you know, just get outside, be in the fresh air, move my body in that way. So, you know, and even because of virtual practice even when I'm teaching my clients I'm also doing the yoga with them in the moment right so I feel very grateful that I get to move quite a bit in my day and for me that's really important just mentally and emotionally as that place to kind of clear stuff out because the body can hold it all I'm 
I'm like laughing on the inside when you mentioned yeah. this whole idea of doing high intensity training in yeah. a mindful way. Because yeah. <laughs> another story comes up for me that actually happened to me yeah, yesterday. Me. And I feel it's so it's so silly that this comes up now. Yesterday, I did something really strange that I had never done before. And I felt a bit weird about it. But then also I was really interested in observing myself while I was doing it. What yeah. happened was I sat down in meditation. And after about 20 minutes of meditation, normally I meditate for about half an hour. But after about 20 minutes, suddenly I felt like I want to do my push-ups now. Yeah. I, I do push-ups throughout the day, sometimes, you know, yeah. once in a while. And I'm like, that's strange, but I'm going to listen to that. The yeah. thing was, I had some, some like chanting going on in the background. I had some chanting music and I had some incense burning. And then I actually did my push-ups with the chanting and with the incense, which is very different from the music I normally put on yeah. for that kind of training. And then instead of just doing push-ups and then standing around... In between the sets of push-ups, I went back into my meditation. <gasps> and that was so mind-blowing because I realized that I usually always feel the same when I meditate. You know, I'm in a restful state. My yeah. heart beats very slowly. My breath is slow. Yeah. My body's relaxed. And then I meditate. But now, yesterday, I was meditating in this completely different state where my heart was beating like crazy. Yeah. My breath was fast. And I was like, this is so interesting. It's like a completely different universe yes. of meditation. Yes. So I'm, I'm really curious now about this. You bringing this up because I've never heard try. about this. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm obsessed with it. But it is, it's for that reason, right? Like in, in the practice, they take a lot of the teacher will guide you to moments to just pause after. And, you know, you put your hands on your body and you drop your awareness into your body. And it is it for me, it just feels like I've gone in and like cleaned off the gunk, right? Like cleared <laughs> out the density that was veiling and blocking being able to see more of my heart, more of my spirit, more of my true self. Fascinating. I, I think yeah. it's incredible. And, that, and, you know. And a vigorous movement, probably like it does in a way it's putting you in a bit of an altered state, right? Exactly. And so that's where it can be so powerful to take yes. that moment of stillness yes. and, oh, I can also, see things differently. It's very different from, because I, I used to run also, and there's yeah. a, a similar state in running. Like if you run for a long time, you come yeah. to this place where it's almost like a meditative state and you have yeah. a sort of clarity and a connection yeah. with your body and everything's in sync, you know, but that was very different to what I experienced yesterday with the, with the series of push-ups that was a different yeah. state still so I'm, I'm i'm really curious about like how we can keep discovering this kind of new kind of states that have yeah. been accessible for us like always but we just never paid yeah. attention somehow yeah That's, yeah yeah well and i think what happens is that you know when we're really feeling that heartbeat start, like you're getting so present with yourself. That's the embodiment piece. Like there you are. It can be easy sometimes when we're still in meditation to check out a bit, right? But when that heart is beating so fast and those lungs are pumping, like there you are in that moment with yourself. It's easier to be in your body because you're really feeling your body, right? Yeah, the only thing I think I can compare it to then is sex, in which yeah. also there is this... You know, it's a very physical activity, but also yes. obviously you're very present and you're very kind of like yeah. there and that's a similar, but of course it's different because then you're interacting with someone else. So there's yeah. this different yeah. energy there, but yeah, yeah. 
So interesting. I'm definitely going to ask you to give us like a link or something to, to this thing. Oh, yeah, I, I want to I wanna spread this. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, this has been so wonderful. We are nearing the end of the conversation. Time sadly. flies when you're having fun. I know, right? <laughs> um, I have two more questions for you, though. So it's not okay. entirely finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm ready. Yeah, the first question is a bit, it's a bit of a curveball, but I like it. And the question is, which question would you have loved to answer in this conversation, but I didn't ask you? Ah, <laughs> uh, that is a great question. You know, I just, I don't know if it's a question so much as I would love to just give shout outs to all the teachers that have helped me on this path. You know, I think sometimes we can be such an individualistic society, particularly in the West, and it's all about figuring it out for ourselves and, you know, being our own not that I don't think we all have the capacity to help ourselves heal, but it's like, be our own healer, be your own therapist, be your own guru, be your own guide, be your own everything. And, you know, so much of the transformation for me has happened through so many of the different teachers that I've been guided to and that have lit the way for me and embodied so much of what I strive to embody. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, I you know, maybe just uh I've done a lot of the inner work, but I, I'm so grateful for all the guides on the journey there. And I think in this concept of relating to self, being able to see our mirrors everywhere is really powerful. And being able to, you know, have the, the tour guides who have, certainly for me spiritually, you know, the tour guides who know the places that I'm striving to get to very well, you know having them on the path has been instrumental. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how we'd phrase that into a question per se, but I think it's something that I just want to be, you know, give a lot of credit to and be really grateful for all the different healers I've worked with and all the different teachers that I've learned from and all the people that have lit the way for me to have this deeper relationship to myself. I love that you're bringing this up. I, I couldn't agree more. There's no such thing as a person doing the work alone, right? We're yeah. always embedded in yeah. a network, in a network of people, but also of ideas, of yeah. concepts, of people totally. who have done research. That's so important to acknowledge. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for that. And allowing, you know, I think with that too, certainly for me in relating to the self as someone who's always been quite in independent, allowing myself to be really supported and held by mm. others has been very transformative too. I have to think about that. <laughs> I, I can learn something there. <laughs> we, we, can have a, we can have a part two chat offline. <laughs> Ooh, yes, I love that. Um, my last question though, what is it that you would love to share with people who listen to this podcast? Can they follow you somewhere? Do you have anything you, to offer? Like, what would you prefer to share with them? Yeah, uh, wherever, however they want to find me, my, my website's ianoris.com, Instagram's ianoris. I think I'm the only ianoris out there from my Google, so I'm fairly easy to find. <laughs> 
however people want to connect. Uh, yeah, I mean, if there's anything that resonated with people and they want to chat more, they can reach out to me. Uh, my offerings and stuff are on my website if anybody's interested. But, oh, little AirPod pop out. <laughs> oh, of course, right at the end. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to stay connected however people want to connect. So, uh, I share a lot of my different writings and stuff on Instagram and through my mailing list. Um, you know, my little bits of, of wisdom that I'm learning myself and then share with other people. So happy to keep in touch with anybody that is called. Wonderful. I will make sure to have all those links in the description of this podcast so people can just Perfect. click and find you and... I'll probably be in touch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear how your class practice goes. Yeah. I'll let they you know. have a free trial, so you'll check it out. <laughs> awesome. Well, Aya, thank you so much. This was a delight, really. Thank you so thank much for being you. here. Thank you. A true joy. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks. <laughs>